Good morning, America. On this episode of Vice, we begin in the White House with Vice President of the United States, Regina Anderson, and follow her story through the most telling night in U.S. history. Beginning and ending in the Oval Office, you as the listener will be taken into the world of the Vice President turning into President and all the riveting events in between. Today is a very special day for the politically savvy since it marks the commencement of the 16th Annual Group of 20, which is a major diplomatic summit of the leaders of all 20 of the world's most powerful countries, something more commonly referred to in the press as simply the G20. It's five o'clock here in Rome where the summit was decided to be rotated this year. A nice sunny day here, very quiet actually, and we're right in front of the building where these high-level political discussions are being held. All of the leaders have arrived. Yes, the President of the Republic of Korea has been here for just 10 minutes since turbulence on his plane had forced him to land halfway through his flight in Oh my god. Miss Vice President, we have to go now. What? We have to go, Miss Vice President. But what's happening? How long ago was- It's happening right now, ma'am. We have to get you down to safety. We don't know anything about what's going on or who's behind this. Has anywhere else been attacked? What time is it? We'll figure out the time when we get you to the safe room. Miss Vice President, Miss Vice Vice President. We have to get in here. Ask questions later. Where's my husband? My kids. It's only those who are essential we can get in here, Miss Vice President. Look how crowded this place is already. I know it would be so much better if we could get everybody in safety, but this room's only meant to protect the president and those directly serving him. Was he in that building? We'll find out everything as soon as we can. But was he in there? Holy we're getting new information every minute and we're telling you absolutely everything we know is a fact. Then what do you know about all of this? Not a lot at the moment, ma'am, but we think the building's collapsed entirely. We think there was a terrorist attack of some sort. We don't know if anybody was able to get out. Collapsed? situation room. Madam President is now meeting with all of her most trusted advisors to discuss whether or not to first address the country about what has just happened or to swear in as President of the United States. Madam President, we need to decide if you're going to swear in before you address the country. We don't have much time, I'm afraid, and the people need a response as soon as possible. All right. What do you all advise? Well, I would advise that you address the country as soon as possible, but you probably should have done that anyway. That was unnecessary, Jimmy. Madam President, I'd advise that you swear in before you address the people. 
It would comfort them to see you address them as the new president. At least they'll know that everything's been placed under adequate control. The people would be more keen to accept her as their president if they saw her deliver the speech first. They won't feel like some stranger is sitting as their president. She's no stranger, she's their vice president, and the people know that. They saw her at the VP debates during the election, she attends every event, and she has her own duties and responsibilities. She's not just there to give a pretty face to President Bradford. And I don't mean to make you uncomfortable by calling you attractive, Madam President, unless you want me to. Sorry, it's just I've never done this with a woman before. When you're done flirting, Henry, you'll see that America doesn't know anything about her, and they don't care anything about her, and you're just going to introduce her as their president. The people didn't vote for her, they voted for President Bradford. They voted for both of them. They know who she is, and this is a speech about how almost 20 world leaders died today, not some meet and greet. And I'm not quite sure who you think you are, Jimmy, but may I remind you that you're speaking to the Vice President of the United States of America right now. You were only the Speaker of the House a few hours ago. And I was still ahead of you in line for the Presidency. The President doesn't need a man to speak for her, and I certainly don't, Henry, but thank you. I would actually like to hear what Nate thinks. He's our Chief of Staff, and I haven't heard him utter a word. <sighs> I'm not sure it would matter if I had Madam President. I agree with Mr. Vice President. The people need to see you address them as their leader. Then it's settled. I'll swear in at 8 o'clock tonight, we'll get a speech put together, and I'll schedule the address for 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Regina, this is ridiculous. You can't- Yes, I can. I can also rethink my choice of Secretary of State, because your people skills seem to be lacking, Jimmy. And I think it's about time you started calling me Madam President. Many hours later... Hello. You've reached the personal phone of the President of the United States. Hello. You're the President now, um, Mrs... Yes, this is the President. Regina Anderson. Is this the Canadian Prime Minister? Yes, Mrs. President. I'm Ingram Smith. It's nice to talk to you, Prime Minister Smith. And it is nice to talk to you, too, Mr. Anderson. I apologize for the last question. I just don't know who fills the position of who. Nobody does, do they? There's no need to apologize, Mr. Prime Minister. I understand completely. No one knows what's going on in other places. Just that we've all decided to agree on this, well, case fire of sorts. Yes. And I'll tell you this right now, Mr. President. Our nation has no desire to spark any aggression with yours. Canada is peaceful and merciful at heart. The United States is great in its every endeavor. I'm glad you guys see it that way. And I hope there's no grudge held between us. There is none that I am aware of, or at least not that I personally accept. In fact, I admire the reputation of your country. Like every nation, there exists its turmoils. That is something you cannot avoid. Oh, Mrs. President, I'm so glad there is no active source of conflict, especially now. Things will get better the more we know about everything that's happened tonight. Thank you. And how is the government holding itself together up there? It's working. I can see that. It's working. Do you know anything for sure about your own leadership? About the previous Prime Minister? 
We've heard conflicting reports down here, but none of them have been confirmed. Yes, the Prime Minister is life, very much life, that's what the White House wants to know. But we don't know very much about this ourselves. The tests are still being run. Is he conscious? Yes, the last time I was informed. And the time zone is the same for both of us, right? Uh, 11.37 p.m. Ottawa? Same in D.C. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Prime Minister, I want to be honest about this. Between the two of us, just you and me. Yes. Do you promise me that you will hold nothing back for the sake of our two nations? I won't tell anybody, I promise you. Yes. Are you absolutely sure that Canada has nothing to hold against the United States, politically or otherwise? Oh, I'm certain. May I ask the same about the United States? I can assure you that the U.S. has nothing against Canada and the Canadian people. That's relieving. And I hope your predecessor experiences a speedy recovery from whatever he may face. I'll tell him that. And the U.S. president. We've lost him, is that correct? Sadly. I'm really sorry to hear that. For, for the loss, Mr. President. I appreciate your concern. And I'm probably not the right person to say this, but we Canadians, we're shaken. We don't want anything else to happen on top of this, so if the American people would ever allow us. We stand with you. We stand with you and all of Canada. Together. None of us can stand alone, Mr. Prime Minister. That's not how this world works anymore, especially on a night like this. Well, I appreciate that a lot, Mrs. President. I'm glad we were able to communicate so candidly with each other like this. Canada's with you. America's with you. I hope you have a good night, Mr. Anderson. The same to you. Secretary of State Jimmy Davis, who has never liked President Anderson, opens the door firmly. Jimmy, nice of you to come in unannounced. That was just the new Canadian Prime Minister on the line there, wasn't it? Yes. Why? If those were Canadian officials, then that should have been my phone call to make. You can't just assume my responsibilities with other countries and start off without talking to me about it. There was nothing to talk about. Prime Minister Smith called me personally to establish an alliance much deeper than you ever could. Alliance? You wasted our time with Canada exchanging sob stories with the Prime Minister. We should absolutely nothing to help us. I will tell you again. I just crafted a perfectly valid alliance with Canada. I could have done that on my own. And I'd have been finished over an hour ago. No, you wouldn't have. The Canadians want to form an alliance with people they respect. I would have been respectful. I've seen how you work, Jimmy. You would have been coarse and blunt. You'd give them a quick sorry for your loss and proceed to business. And you'd shut off Smith as soon as you did that. You have to know that the Canadians have been through just as much trauma today as we have, Jimmy. Well, forgive me if I'm too busy trying to keep our country from falling apart instead of becoming friends with Canada. What do you want to do? Invite the Prime Minister to the White House so you can give him flowers? What I want you to do is show a little empathy. As if now I take orders from you. I don't have time to be lectured by someone who the President only chose as advice to win some votes for hippies and a few women. The President and I respected each other tremendously. Well, I'm sure that's what he wanted you to think. So, he never did tell you that you know nothing about this job. But regardless, I won't stand by and watch you drive our country into the ground by declaring war for someone who's not even our responsibility, like Canada. And neither will I stand by and let you talk to me like you're my superior. You're ridiculous. 
you know that? You don't even deserve to be sitting in this position right now. Well, I am. Because the president chose me to sit in this office if something happened to him. He chose me to be his vice president, not because I'm a woman, but because I'm a patriot. He knew that I love this country and will make the decisions that are in its best interest. I'm not a hippie, I'm a humanitarian. There's a difference. Just like there's a difference between immaturity and empathy, and like how there's a difference between you advising me and disrespecting me. Alright, where are my manners? I forgot that society makes me respect you because you're a woman. You'll respect me because I'm your president. And whether you agree with me or not is unimportant. You'll still speak to me with the same respect that you spoke to the last president with. And as your president, I am telling you that I don't want to hear anything else about Canada because you know that the only reason you're in here confronting me and not running around like a headless chicken trying to make an alliance is because I had the immaturity to connect with another human being. But I... Thank you, Secretary Davis. Jimmy begins to walk towards the door, but Madam President stops him. Oh, I have the draft right here, Mr. Secretary. I've already made my revisions, and have edited this as I've seen fit, so there's no need for them to get with me. I've expressed all of my opinions on this. Just get it down to the speechwriter and all of them, and tell them I'll be there at five. Tell them they're free to work their magic on this. If only we had such magic in the first place. Well, we have to get going whether we have the magic or not. So get that down to the speechwriting office. Get it to the speechwriter as soon as possible, and tell them I'll be there at five. I need it before 5.30, understand? Yes. Yes, Madam President? Madam President? Good. Now you get going and I'll get ready. Mrs. President. Wow, Mr. Hurst, this is a masterpiece. It was the least I could do, ma'am. You'd already prepared me everything I needed to get it together. But it's so short. And yet you have everything here that I wrote out to the sides. I'm a speechwriter for a living, Mrs. President. Well, thank you so much for this. The American people will be grateful for your work. It's my pleasure. This is absolutely beautiful. Good morning, America. For 13 hours we have stood in shock and utter silence in the wake of a moment which will undoubtedly be remembered by the world as the greatest tragedy of this decade. It was during this last evening that our fellow citizens and neighbors, our ways of life, our very freedoms, our very leadership and positions on the global stage came under attack, simultaneously in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist attacks. The victim was not singular, but rather a collection of many of the world's most powerful nations as a whole, an undeniable strike against unity, order, and civilization itself. Mothers, fathers, children and grandchildren, secretaries, businessmen, workers, and families from all corners of the globe. No one has been spared from this heart-stopping act. And as such, no one will be left behind as we continue to comprehend this piece of history and a new world scarred by this horrible act against humanity. This event marks a new and unique era around the world. 
not because our international borders are so clearly defined, but in fact due to the ability to break down such divisions. We live in an era where acts of terror inspire those of mercy, where conflict drives the need for peace, and where collective silence signals our unspoken outrage against the entity that may attempt to break the bond so deeply established between each and every one of us. National or international, American or foreign, within our own homes or from the opposite sides of the earth, we take this moment in time to think and rethink, to regain our sense and our senses as a unified whole and... Thank you. God bless America.